Do y'all know that they lived here? Do, do, what? <laughs> uh, his ex and her husband and their new daughter and their dog lived here in our home with us for three months. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to the Nacho Kids Podcast. Were they Nacho Kids? Were they Nacho Kids? <laughs> hey, David. Hey. What you doing? I'm doing the intro to the Nacho Kids Podcast. Yes, you are. This guest is Kristen Skiles with Stepmom and Ain't Easy. Mm-hmm. We talked to her about the misunderstanding, the misconception of the Nacho Kids method. Yeah, and there are plenty. Yes, and it really frustrates me because the misunderstanding of what it is keeps other people from sharing it basically in their groups to where it can help other people. Mm-hmm. It's a misinformation campaign. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that people are out there doing it on purpose. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but I do think that people make a very quick judgment call about it. And um, more times than not, they're completely off base. Right. And it's just sad, like I said, because, you know, somebody's group may be like, I'm not going to let you talk about nachoing because it's bad. And so all the people in their group are never given the opportunity to use or learn that about that method to better their blend. Yeah. And we often tell people, that the Nacho Kids method, number one, is not the only thing out there. Number two, it's not a silver bullet and it's not for everybody. But please, if it doesn't work for you, find something that does. That's right. how we stumbled across what is now the Nacho Kids method because we tried other methodologies and we tried what we read in other books and we tried all this other stuff. We tried everything. And, and you know, we took what was working for us and that's what we went with and not everything worked for us and did and it did not mean that the things that didn't work for us were um not valid or didn't work period it just means it didn't work for us right and i get that some people don't understand it because they don't have to no. they're in a different type of blend where maybe the stepkids are younger so there's not as much pushback it may be that the bio dad is fine with the stepmom disciplining the kids. Mm -hmm. And it's not an issue if she says anything negative about the kids. I wonder, though, if that's more so when the stepmom doesn't have children of her own. Because when you don't have children of your own, you can't say, well, you treat your kids differently than mine. Right. You don't have that comparison option. Right. Well, I think it's interesting, too, that what people don't understand about the Nacho Kids Method and particularly the Nacho Kids Academy is that there are there's so many other aspects around the methodology and what we teach in the academy. And somebody actually posted this week in the academy that not only is their blend better, but their relationships with everybody is better because they're following this methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's true. Because it's not just something that, oh, this just works for step parenting. I mean, th these are tools that work for any relationship that you have. It's just a focus on the step parenting role. Right. So anyway, I didn't want to get off on a tangent about that. But it just, um, it really bothers me because 
I want the people that need help to get help. Yeah. And interestingly enough, we do talk to Kristen during this interview about how early on there was some misconceptions about the methodology. And then once she dug deeper into it, she realized it wasn't at all what she had heard that it was. Mm-hmm. And kudos to her for going out and searching out the information for herself rather than making a judgment call just based on what she heard from other people or kind of a surface level judgment call. So if more people would do that, then they would understand what it's about. And then they can make a better educated decision about whether or not they want to learn more about it. Right. And the best place to learn that information is nachokids.com. Right. And I think that's what she did. She said, well, I don't know if she said exactly this way, but basically, you know, you get your information from the source, get it directly from the horse's mouth. Don't go to even the Nacho Kids Facebook group. Don't even go there to get your initial (laughs) baptism into Nacho Kids. You know, go to nachokids.com or go to the nachokidsacademy.com or go listen to the Nacho Kids podcast or, or whatever, but go to the source of the information to figure out what it is. Um, not where you see thousands of people swarming around and they're, you know, we talk about this all the time, but in the Facebook group, there's a percentage of people that are looking for help. There's a percentage of people that know what the Nacho Kids method is, which is a small percent. And then there's a large percentage of people that are there to complain and to give their opinions and advice to have absolutely nothing to do with what we're trying to accomplish through this methodology. Right. So if you are a member of our Facebook group, the Nacho Kids Blended Family Success, be careful of the information that you receive. If it is not from myself or David or a moderator or a handful of other people, then um, you need to question it. Yeah. And if it goes against what you're reading on the website or what you're hearing us talk about on the podcast, then again, question it. Post the question in the if you're in the academy, obviously post it there. If you're in the Facebook group, post it, tag me or Lori. And we'll clear it up. Mm-hmm. But there's a there is so much misconception about the methodology. And part of me part of me enjoys the fact that it gets talked about so much. I understand there's a misconception about it, but that means that people are seeking help. Well, and two, if it's talked about in another group then somebody, one out of 20 people, might actually decide to go research it Mm -hmm. to learn about it before judging it or before dismissing it or trying to do it the wrong way. If you do it wrong, it's not going to (laughs) work. That is absolutely correct. And that's another part is people do it wrong, and then they go, well, this doesn't work. Well, Mm -hmm. you got to do it right and then make that decision whether or not you think it doesn't work. And then some people go, well... I choose to nacho differently. This is how (laughs) I'm doing it. Well, let me explain briefly. There are different levels of nachoing based on your situation. For instance, if you enjoy cooking and the stepkids don't say your food looks like Alpo dog food or something like that, then you don't need to nacho cooking. Whereas if your stepkids don't like your cooking, they're always complaining about it. It stresses you out. You don't like cooking in the first place then guess what? Let their dad cook. So Mm -hmm. that's how you can nacho in different ways. But you can't parent your stepkids and say that you're nachoing. Yeah. That's an oxymoron. You can't change the entire style of the methodology and then say, well, this is the way I nacho. Yeah, that's like taking a Weight Watchers diet and adding chocolate cake to your 
food plan every day. Yeah, and still call it Weight Watchers. Right, and then say Weight Watchers doesn't work. Yeah, or this is the way I do Weight Watchers. Right. Okay, but you're still not following the plan. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's no longer Weight Watchers. It's it's your version of it, which makes it wrong. Yeah, which makes it Little Susie's Weight Watchers version, <laughs> not the real Weight Watchers version. Yeah, yeah, and we see that uh, unfortunately happen as well. But um, anyway. Anyway, Kristen, as I said, um, created stepmomming. Ain't easy. She's been married three years. Her stepdaughter is 10, and they have stepdaughter about 60% of the time. Yeah. And she has a good relationship with the stepdaughter, right? Yes. And her and the bio mom had a great relationship. Then there were kind of some issues, but I think they still have a decent relationship. But as Kristen stated, she had to set boundaries and figure out what those boundaries were for her as a stepmom, taking into consideration the bio mom's feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, we had an interesting call yesterday on one of our coaching calls and you and I kind of looked at each other (laughs) um, like, what's going on here? But we had a, a lady that came in and she's a member of the Academy and, you know, she's on the coaching call. And so we, first time we've, we've met her and talked to her. So we asked, you know, what's, what does your blend look like and what are you struggling with? So she goes and she's like, I have two adorable stepdaughters. And she, then she goes on. And as soon as she says that, we're thinking, okay, definitely not a step kid problem. She thinks they're adorable. <laughs> and she goes on and she keeps talking. And, and, and she, she says, I don't have a high conflict bio yeah, mom. Yeah. No, no high conflict bio mom loves the step kids. They love her. And by the time she finished introducing herself, Laura and I were like, well, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's it's so different than most people who come in and they're like, you know, the bio mom's driving us crazy. The stepkids are going wild. And and so the the thing that it kind of enlightened us on is that there are those out there that are benefiting from the Nacho Kids method who don't have a lot of the standard, I'm doing air quotes here, standard things that are going on. They have a good relationship with the stepkids and they have a bio mom who's not going nuts. And yet they still find value in applying the methodology to their relationships. Right. Because they're still having struggles that are associated with a blended family. Right. And so the, the interesting thing, and the reason I bring that up is the interesting part of that is that a lot of people think, well, I don't have these things that I'm hearing other people say, I don't have the high conflict bio mom. I don't have the relationship issues with stepkids. So therefore the Nacho Kid stuff is just not something that would apply to me. But we're seeing that that's not the case. Right. And the way I look at it, and on the path of nachoing, she's a couple of steps ahead of everybody that starts off with these issues because she doesn't have those. So she can skip that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't need to discuss how to deal with the high compliment by We don't need to discuss how to uh, better your relationship with the stepkids. Even though once you dig a little deeper, there are some relationship issues, but they're not, um, you know, they're not very, very, very bad. So, yeah. but anyway, let's get into this interview with Kristen because um, she's got a lot of great stuff to, to talk about and to say. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. 
In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have Kristen Skiles with Stepmomming. Hey, Kristen, how are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. I should probably say like, hey, I'm here too. (laughs) I haven't been on one in a while. (laughs) Yeah. And David's here too. Well, I guess that's not true because depending on when this comes out, you know, I'm kind of scattered in there. (laughs) Yeah, but you're always in the intro and the outro. That's true. Yeah, I'm not often in the interview. So, um, Kristen, you're lucky. I'm so excited. I feel honored. You may not feel that way when we get halfway through it. Good thing we're not having it on video and see your eyes rolling like, oh, God. No. Deal with David. Yeah, just just please do not tell David anything that annoys you because he will continue to bring that up. And he says it's to desensitize you. That's so funny. Well, tell us how you got started. You start got started with a blog, right? Yes, it all started with the blog. Um, so the it's actually a really funny story. I didn't know anything about blogging. I truly thought it was like an online journal about your day. Mm-hmm. And my stepdaughter's mom started a blog. It was right in the middle of us renegotiating quite a few things and things were really tense. And throughout the next few months, she started opening up more. We had settled outside of court. Things were better on our co-parenting side. And she opened up and was like, I just, I see all these people making money from blogs and I can't get this off the ground. And I said, well, I don't know blogging, but I know business. I had just gotten my MBA. And so I started talking to her about it a little bit more and tried to give her advice from a business standpoint. And by the end of the day, we were business partners. Hmm. So that was back. The blog was a, a mom blog called Candy Apple Mama. And we started it originally for like creative moms. And it shifted from there because we had this interesting dynamic to being like a co-parenting blog. Mm-hmm. That was when I found a really big stepmom audience who were seeking articles and support and all of these resources that you know that they're looking for. And we worked together for 11 months. She decided that she loved creating planners because that's what she, she had created a co-parenting planner for us with our blog and she fell in love with it. So she started a planner shop and left the blog at that point, completely amicable. And I rebranded to focus just for stepmoms because I didn't have that mom voice anymore. And that's when we became stepmomming. Now we have um, a private Facebook group and a shop and over 300 blog articles. So it's grown quite a bit. (laughs) What time frame are you talking about? When did y'all start, become business partners, and then when did she leave? We became business partners January of 2017. She left November of 2017. Actually, Thanksgiving was the day that she decided. And January of 2018 is when I rebranded as Step Momming. You've come a long way. Yeah. So you, I guess you had to have a pretty good relationship with her, especially to be in business with her. That's, that's almost like a marriage in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, we definitely didn't when we started. Uh, we learned a lot. I'm, I'm truly still so shocked looking back that it happened the way it did. And I was fascinated by the blog industry. I was 
just truly intrigued by everything she was telling me that day. And I looked at my husband, we worked together and we had gone to lunch and I said, would it be crazy if I offered to partner up with her on this? And he was completely supportive from day one. And so he was like, no, I mean, just try it. If you don't like it, you don't have to stick with it, but you guys should at least try. And he's always not pushed, but encouraged a positive, at least friendly relationship with us. And throughout the course of working together, we would write about our experiences and then we would inevitably talk about them because we were editing each other's work. Mm -hmm. And it was hands down the best thing for our relationship because we truly understood where the other were coming from and worked through a lot of issues kind of in our relationships, whether it was insecurities she had, insecurities I had, or miscommunication, misunderstandings, all of those things. So it, we developed a really close friendship through that. But when we started, we definitely weren't. So how did it impact your relationship after she left? Because now you've, you know, you talked about editing each other's articles and how you knew what the person was feeling. Now that she's not there able to edit your articles, she's not getting that input from you. Does that, did that change the dynamics of your relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. We didn't realize how much it would, but it absolutely did. I will still sometimes, if I'm writing an article about her or at least about my experience with her, I'll still send it to her before it publishes. And if there's anything that she feels like needs to be corrected or clarified, or she just straight up doesn't want it to publish, then it doesn't because it means more to me that I maintain peace at home than publish another article. But we have tried in the last nine months or so to really get back to if something's upsetting you, talk about it. So most recently, um, my husband and I have been planning my stepdaughter's birthday party. And she just wants like a really small sleepover. So it wasn't going to be this big joint party ordeal. And so I was just kind of like keeping her mom updated because she was going to come and do dinner and cake with us. But I wasn't fully involving her in it just because it was kind of a smaller and more intimate ordeal. Mm -hmm. And she texted me the other night and was like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I really want to be involved and kind of like laid out where she was feeling. So then I could kind of readjust and pivot how I was acting and interacting and we could all recenter in a place that made everybody feel secure and happy. That's great. You are definitely one of the few that have a good relationship with a bio mom like that. Yeah, it's definitely unique. And I've, I've seen so many different relationships, um, just like you guys have. Being in this space, you see all the different dynamics. And so I realize how fortunate I am. And I'm, I'm truly appreciative of that. And she is receptive of me being in her daughter's life and welcoming and encouraging of our relationship. Yeah, I think a lot of that relationship yeah, kind of also boils down to the how the original marriage, if that's the term to use, mm -hmm. uh, how it got dissolved. Because if there's a lot of conflict in the divorce or the separation or whatever, then it tends to carry over into the the next relationship. And so, like for example, my divorce wasn't it wasn't really a knockdown drag out divorce, but there was a lot of conflict and tension after the divorce. And mm -hmm. so, when me and Lori ended up getting married that it just kind of carried over into our relationship. And so because I was upset and angry with my ex a lot, 
Lori also became upset and angry with the ex a lot. And so the, there yeah. was just, and then, and we did have a point where we did try to reach out and come up with some kind of co-parenting. With, <laughs> that with, was a joke. Yeah. And that kind of blew up in our face, but it's not that we didn't try. It, it's just yeah. that it wasn't in the cards for us. Originally when David and I got married, we had the kids 11 out of 14 days. Mm-hmm. Well, she changed her schedule at work to where she could get them more often. And so that's when she wanted to meet with us to see what we did here to keep things kind of the same at her house. Okay. And she said, well, you know, if the kids make a bad grade, what do you do? And David's like, well, if they make a D, you know, they lose electronics for two days or, you know, something like that. And she'd say, okay, and what about like bedtimes? And he's like, well, they're in bed by 930. She took everything that he told her and moved it. So basically the kids didn't get punished if they made a D. If they made an F, they did. And it was for two days. But then the like the bedtimes... 9.30 here, 10.30 her house. So she had to like one up everything to make it where her house was better. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. We've been at events together. One of David's kids did a karate tournament. She was there and we were sitting on one side and I decided to move to get a better view. And I didn't want her to think that me and everybody were just going to up and leave her. So I told mm-hmm. her, I said, you know, we're moving over there if you want to come sit with us. And um, that's probably the most that I've said to her in 10 years. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So is your relationship with her now, is it uh, back to what it was before or is it getting back to that? Uh, How does it look today? Today we're friends. I wouldn't call us best friends like I would have before, but I, I don't think that's because there's animosity. I think it's just that we're in different industries now. She runs her planner stationery business and I'm still blogging in the step parenting realm. And we used to talk a lot like, have you seen this article? Have you seen this training? And talk about, we have the same vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And today we just don't. And we can still talk about my stepdaughter. We can still talk about co-parenting, talk about you know what's going on in the Dallas area. We have some of those things still in common. And um, I talk to her about personal things. She talks to me about personal things, like up to a point, right? We don't right. share everything. Uh, I hope that's understood, <laughs> but I feel like I should clarify. Oh no, you share more than you wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> David. And so, like, we have a we have a close friendship in that I feel like I can talk to her about, you know, about my past, about things that have hurt me, and she'll understand. But it's, it's just not the same because we don't share as many of the same interests today. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay that our relationship isn't what it was. Well, it's like when you leave one place of employment and go somewhere else, no matter how close you were to the people before, it changes because you don't have that to talk about, that daily work stuff to talk about. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Let me ask you this. Do you co-parent with her more than your husband does? Or is it kind of on an equal level? You both contact her, you both talk to her, you both talk about the plans for changing weekends or changing weeks? Usually I don't. I will sometimes if it's like if we're already talking about something. um, And like I mentioned the birthday party. So Mm -hmm. for example, I responded and I was like, okay, great. Here's what's left on the list. What would you like to do if you want to shift anything? Like we can change the theme. We can change, you know, whatever we, we talked about that just because my husband doesn't really care and he's just going to relay it back to me anyway. But as far as schedule, I 
I have been out of that conversation for a couple of years now. Um, there was one time, gosh, a couple of years ago now, two summers ago, where she and I did still do a lot of communicating. It used to be when we ran the business that we were already talking about an upcoming blog post or working on this training together. And so it would just be like, oh, hey, do you mind if we just pick up an hour later tonight or whatever? Mm-hmm. And that was fine for the dynamic we had then. But when we shifted that dynamic, and didn't work together anymore. I didn't realize how that was going to shift the co-parenting dynamic. It was just sort of ignorant, blissfully ignorant about all of it. And we had kind of a big blow up about it because we were seeing it two completely different ways. And I wasn't cognizant of how she was experiencing it as the mom. And ever since we had that blow up, I was like, nope, I need to stay in my lane. And what that meant for me and my journey is I need to not discuss switching time and custodial things. Like that needs to be my husband's role. And so he does. He will always discuss if we're going to do time swaps or where we're picking up or any of those things. It's only just recently that we've started talking about the birthday party that I've even really discussed much with her, even in that realm. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's back up a second. How long have you been married and how old is stepdaughter? Three years and she turns 10 this month. Yeah. So we have been together since 2013, um, but we got married three years ago. Okay. Now, how do you feel with kind of having another person that's involved in your family? Um, I guess if that makes sense, how I'm asking it. So you've, it you've got, yeah, you've got the bio mom, which, you know, she's obviously involved, you know, through the, the your stepdaughter, but since you're incorporating her so often, um, how does that, how does that feel? And I'm not asking like, does it make you feel terrible to deal with her, but just kind of how does it feel to have to consider somebody else that's not there? Is that difficult for you to to remember to do, or is it is it feel natural? I think it's a really loaded question because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I find it difficult to keep people in mind that you know that are in my family. Sometimes I can't imagine to do it outside of that. Yeah, it's something I've really struggled with. I think a lot of stepmoms struggle with it, especially those of us who are kind of type A and you have a vision and this is how things should go and here's the plan and the plan is clearly laid out and I spent a lot of time putting it in place. Oh wait, but now we need to go ask somebody else if that works and it doesn't always work for them or they don't always see the vision and that's tough. I have gotten a lot better as the years have gone by. It was it was a great source of resentment for me in the beginning. What do you mean that your ex is going to have control over our life? What do you mean we have to ask your ex's permission? Like that was blowing my mind. <laughs> and today I understand it better. I've accepted it. But it's I think it's always going to be a little tough that decisions my partner made before me are going to always impact our life. So if I'm hearing you right, you didn't really come into the relationship thinking, I'm going to have a great relationship with bio mom. You came into it with the understanding that your husband was wanting that to happen. Is that, is that right? Okay, no. Uh, so I, when I say I was blissfully ignorant, I didn't realize we had to talk to her. Is that completely ridiculous? Um, no, because you think, you know, you're like, right, I'm, I'm marrying this guy and he's got a daughter. What, what does, you know, what does the ex have anything to do with anything? Exactly. Right? <laughs> They're divorced. That's final, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's how I came into it. 
at the time, they had a very tense divorce. My husband was very heartbroken, and um, he didn't talk to her any more than he had to, but I didn't even realize they talked because exchanges were done at school. She was in preschool at the time. And like it just kind of surprised me. It completely surprised me when I realized they had to communicate. They had to talk. Looking back, I totally get it. She gets in trouble at school. How are we going to address it? Or she seems to be having this behavioral issue. How do we address it? Because they co-parent and they have those conversations. But I, it completely blindsided me. And I did not go into this thinking that she and I were going to be friends of any sort. And how often do you have stepdaughter? Uh, we have her about 60% of the time is how it works out. Hmm. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when you realized they were communicating. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, man, it just made me sick for you. You were like, what the heck? I, I mean, I can like, I feel the knot in my stomach as I recall this, but I can clearly remember sitting in a house, um, the first house that we had together. And my stepdaughter had a school project and she had to write down like about me or whatever. And she filled it out at her mom's house and she put the wrong birthday. It, she put the day before her birthday. And I was like, but that's not your birthday. Your birthday is the 22nd. And she had written the 21st. And so my then boyfriend, now husband, texted his ex and he was like, why did you put the 21st? Your birthday is the 22nd. Like, don't celebrate it on the wrong day. And then they went into this uh, back and forth about, oh, well, don't you remember when we were, um, I'm trying to remember exactly how, when we were expecting and the due date was going to be 2110 or whatever it was. Like, it was a pattern and like they were just reminiscing on when they were expecting together. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel so uncomfortable. And I was like, what, what is happening? <laughs> this is a school project. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, if that happened today, it wouldn't be triggering for me because I'm in a much better place. But back then, it just completely caught me off guard. Yeah, because to me, if you and your ex can get along so well, why aren't you still together? <laughs> And I say that from my own experience, not necessarily your situation, because I remember David and I were dating and he was on the phone with the ex and somehow or another they were talking about his job and some things that were going on. And I'm like, they sound like they're buddies. Yeah. And I just found it odd. And it may be because my relationship with my ex, it was where we did not talk. We did not talk unless we absolutely had to. There was no friendly anything there. And I surely wasn't just going to shoot the crap with him. And so I remember I looked at David and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and head to my house. And I remember thinking in my head, if he does not come behind me shortly, this is not going to be good. (laughs) You know, if he stays at his house talking to the ex on the phone for 30 minutes, then mm, no time for Lori to just head on a different direction because that was my mentality of if you can get along with her and chit chat with her about stuff, then why aren't y'all still together? Yeah, I see that. And I also see what happened in my husband's relationship and they got married like a week or two after she graduated high school and she graduated a semester early. So they were babies. Oh and gosh. Yeah. They just grew up and grew apart. They didn't know who they were when they got married. So I can see how they grew up to be friends, but they weren't meant to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they both are like, we are better parents and we're better co-parents because we're not married. Right. Because they're happier that way. Yeah. But I also see your point of like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and two, I was a little perplexed by it because 
David's ex cheated on him. Mm. So I'm like, why do you care to even have a conversation with her? But again, his dynamic with her was so different than mine with my son's father. And I guess David wasn't as hurt by it, you know, after a while. <laughs> but I think I was more hurt by that she cheated on him than he was. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it was that. I think it. I think that I knew that I had to put myself um, and, and my feelings about it. I had to bury them because it was my kid's mom, and I knew I had to deal with her um, for a long time to come. And so I was hoping to have somewhat of an amicable relationship there so that there wouldn't be you know, a fight back and forth and the kids being used as pawns in a fight and all this kind of stuff. Now, I do have to say, though, that little feeling I had, I was thinking, yeah, she's going to try to get back with him. He's mm-hmm. like, no, you're crazy. Well, what was it? Six months before we got married, she sent you this long letter and oh, begged no. you to come back. And I'm like, mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. Lori knew what she's talking about. Yeah. You open the card <laughs> up and it said, baby, come back. <laughs> 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 no way, Jose. Yeah. I was like, eh, no, nah, I don't think so. But yeah. uh but I'm I'm glad that you have a good relationship. I'm glad for anybody that has good relationships. And it's you know, like I said, for us it just wasn't in the cards. And you know, oftentimes when we have people come to us and they have a good relationship with their uh bio mom or yeah, I guess that's what you want to call them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great. Uh, just don't come to me and ask me how to have a good relationship with bio mom. I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything you can do to make her be willing to have a relationship with you. No. Right. And honestly, it does not bother me at all to not have her as a part of my life. Now, like with your situation where y'all became friends and or best friends, and then that kind of changed, I could see where that could be hurtful. But for us, from day one, I had no desire to talk to her, hang out with her. She ain't coming to my house, you know, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. In fact, I remember one of the kids' birthday, I think it was Avery's birthday, David, they did a party together, and which was odd to me again, but whatever. (laughs) You know, especially when you have so many kids, because he has four kids, all the friends come. It's kind of hard to have the friends come to two parties. Right. And so, I I mean, I did understand that point of it, but I remember at that party, I was like, I stayed busy doing everything I could, whether it was picking up trash that I saw the kids threw on the ground just to distract myself because I'm like, I do not want to be here. You had to be there. You were my trophy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole nother story. (laughs) She turned around and told the kids, um, you know, something about, oh, your daddy got him a hottie or something. <laughs> so oh we gosh. made we made jokes that we were going to get the kids' T-shirts that said, my daddy's got a hottie. <laughs> or yeah. my mama said, my daddy's got a hottie. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. We had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you feel like that your husband and bio mom, I was about to say baby mama, bio mom have a lot of the same parenting expectations and that they agree on a lot of things? On a lot of things, yes. I think they each choose to focus on or prioritize maybe different things. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, they are aligned on like expectations and standards. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know that they lived here? Do, do, what? <laughs> uh, his ex and 
her husband and their new daughter and their dog lived here in our home with us for three months. This was um, when we worked together, but right at the tail end. So I said that she decided she was done on Thanksgiving. They were here through the end of that year. Wow. Yeah, you can't see my, my head's completely peeled back <laughs> and there's smoke coming out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't hear my jaw hit the desk. <laughs> I'm like, what? That had to feel a bit odd. Even with the relationship being good, that had to be odd. It was honestly the hardest season of my life, and I didn't expect it to be. Is this the marital home that they had as well? No, no, no. Definitely not. Okay, um, that's good. They had a home here in Dallas, and then my husband was in the Air Force and got stationed in Washington. So they lived up there, moved back to this house in Dallas. Then um, she wanted to go to an art school in Philadelphia, so they moved up there, and that was when she um, told him she wanted a divorce. So when they moved back, he had already rented out the home here in Dallas as rental property. So he was with his parents. She was with her parents when they came back. So um, we never moved into that other home. We kept it as a rental property. And he and I bought this house together. And we had actually just closed on it and moved in ourselves as our dream home. <laughs> but we had two extra bedrooms. Um, we were going to one day turn them into you know, a nursery or whatever, but we got a steal of a deal. We're like, this is the time to do it. And they were in between homes and needed a place to stay. And it was either kind of staying with us or staying with his brother an hour away, a guy that we'd never met. And then it would be an hour commute to and from school on mom's days. So that was going to be really tough. And they were also, she was going to share a room with her baby sister who was still getting up in the middle of the night. So Kevin asked me if I'd be okay with it because at one point I had said maybe they can stay here for a few weeks like in our old house. I had said it a few months prior. Maybe they can stay with us for a few weeks in between places because it seemed like they were getting a new home or apartment or something. So it was, he actually asked me, do you think they can live with us for a few months? Mm. had the two bedrooms and I was like, oh, Okay. Back then, I hadn't really grasped the term boundaries or um, <laughs> not being a martyr or things of that nature. Uh, so going back, my answer would have been something different. I didn't understand that like, as my husband's wife, I could say, no, that makes me uncomfortable or no, I don't think that's a good idea because I was caught up in, well, who am I to tell him he can't see his daughter every day? Well, now I know who I am and I know who I am to say that. <laughs> Right. But I didn't at the time. I was very much caught up in needing to do, you know, put get her in the best situation and make this work. And if if I have to sacrifice a little bit, that's okay because it's better for them. And I, I learned a lot. <laughs> I bet you did. And I like cried and drank a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> so so were there any um, happy family moments between them? Oh. Uh, oh, between my husband and his ex? Yeah, like, did you, was there things where it's like, you know, I don't know, look, maybe. Like them reminiscing or. or yeah, you know, that, or she, she's like, oh, I didn't realize that you liked that. You didn't like that when we were married. You know, talk, I'm talking about maybe a food yeah. that they were eating or whatever. I don't want to get down um, the other path. <laughs> no, none of that. None of that happened. <laughs> For sure. We would not be here today. Uh, I told you you'd regret David being here at some point, didn't I? <laughs> Kristen, that is not what I was thinking, you dirty girl. There were, um, there were two things that happened. So they moved in and um, so we moved in and then like two days later they moved in. So it was oh, kind of chaotic here, lots of boxes and stuff. But 
I remember um, we have an upstairs game room that was meant to be like my stepdaughter's playroom. But when they moved in, we said, well, you'll just have, you know, use that as your living room and it'll be fine. We'll move her stuff, her toys and stuff in later. And so she was, well, I guess we had put her toys up there. She had her bookshelf and all that, but then they put their TV, their couch, whatever. And I went upstairs one of those first few days and she had put up a painting that she had painted of my stepdaughter when she was younger, when she was married to my husband. And she had signed it with my husband's last name because that was her last name at the time. It said, you know, her name, Skiles. Mm-hmm. And it was like a thousand daggers to the heart. <laughs> so I was like, I'm the only woman in the house with that name. And mm-hmm. um, I got really territorial about it. And I was like, I, you know, I planned to come up here and decorate this room. And you came in and you did it and you did it with something that has that. And it just, it upset me. And I talked to my husband about it and he talked to her about it. And she understood where I was coming from. She never meant to do it to hurt me. But it did like definitely, it was a trigger for me. And then we celebrated Christmas together. Um, We got each other gifts. And she gave my husband a Home Alone set of like the first three movies or whatever it is. And I was like, oh, you like Home Alone? She was like, oh, yeah, it's his favorite. Or it was his favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was talking about. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's weird. (laughs) Yeah, she knows something that you don't know. And it's like, huh, okay. Yes. So that definitely happened. But it was also really good for Chris's dad and stepdad to see each other because like they would play video games or they would go out on the golf course together or like we all would just kind of hang out at night sometimes. And so it was really good for them in that way. But it was really hard for me also because I'm introverted and home is where I come to recharge. And she was always here. Hmm. So I couldn't recharge. No safe place for Kristen. I know. It was a long three months, y'all. I bet. Golly, <laughs> man. I can't even imagine. No, I, I'm, I'm still in shock. I can't <laughs> I imagine. Can hear I mean, I couldn't, even from a guy's perspective, like, I couldn't imagine coming home and seeing my wife and my ex-wife in the same house. Just, hmm. No, and I can't see you hanging out with my ex. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Hmm. Girl, yeah. all the power to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're glad you came out of that um, alive and not an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, mental and emotional damage that can come through something like that. Yeah, it was tough, but you know, it's a really cool story now. I can say I did it. Yeah, yeah. That's like what what is it Branson always says about um, doing things. Yeah, it might be a mistake, but to make a great story. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, yeah. and I would think that that would have to be uncomfortable for her, too. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that it would just be strange all the way around, except for the stepdaughter, because she's like, oh, I got everybody together. Oh, she loved it. Well, yeah. I mean, and when it's like when it's our time and my husband's not home from work yet, but I'm here and I'm helping with homework. I'm sure that looks I'm sure that feels hard for her. I'm sure that's saddening to see like, well, that's my daughter. Why are why are you doing that? Um, oh yeah. See, I didn't even think about that aspect of it for her husband to come home and cause he would work later than all of us. So he got home later and he would come in and, you know, sometimes I'd be hanging out with the girls and Kevin and Amanda would be hanging out in the kitchen or whatever. 
And so he walks in and that's what's happening. And like, maybe that's weird. Or he's seeing his daughter that he's had with his new wife and she's hanging out with, let's do this, his wife's Mm ex-husband. And so like that is a weird dynamic. Hmm. I don't know. There was a lot there to unpack. (laughs) Everybody's going to be in counseling after that one. (laughs) Hence all the boxes that were around the house at that time. Yeah. I'd be like, you don't need to unpack. You ain't going to be here that long. (laughs) Well, and that's what I'm thinking is I would not move into somebody's house for three months and then like start hanging up stuff because no, I don't know if she used the little tacky stuff that wouldn't damage your walls, but I'd be like, no, who do you think you are hanging up stuff in my house? <laughs> you act like you're going to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to a hotel and start hanging pictures because yeah. you're on vacation. <laughs> Watch out, Lori. Next vacation you take, David's going to take his pictures. Yeah, I mean, he's going to hang them on the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'll do. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people are worried about the stepkids never moving out when you, you know, you could have seen that and been like, crap, the ex-wife's never moving out. You know, I never thought that just because I knew for all of us, it was going to be awkward and it was going to be temporary. Yeah. They originally said three to six months and I clung on to the three as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. And I think that became really apparent because when it got to the end of like two and a half, they like knew where they were going and we all kind of had the same deadline. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, 12 more days. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Got your like, plans together, need me to help you, need to start packing, here's yeah. some boxes. <laughs> well, roommates are tough anyway. When you yes. add the emotional element on top of it, it's just even, it's just harder. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, sorry, I threw that wrench in there. But that's okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that It does, it makes a good story. So It makes a really good story. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, Let's let's shift a little bit. I know um, at some point. So you're running this. You're running this blog, and you're running this um, this private Facebook group. And at some point, several months ago or so, I don't know when, you probably start seeing and hearing this whole nacho thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I'm assuming you either started hearing about it or you done a little bit of research on it. What was your initial thought process when you? when you kind of stumbled across the the Nacho Kids stuff? Well, I don't know if y'all know this, but you sort of exploded on the scene. It was <laughs> like, I mean, we were just, I hadn't heard of you. And then I heard like Nacho, 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 Nacho. And it was just everywhere I turned, everybody was talking about Nacho. And that's when I started looking into it. And I like found you guys. And um, it, I mean, you were truly exploded on the scene. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but and, just, just to... Put it in perspective, it might have been an explosion to everybody else, but it was like a seven-year process to get to that explosion. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like people want to call you an overnight success, but you're like, yeah, it was a really long night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when I first saw Nacho, the way it seemed to me, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound really insensitive. Please know that's not how I think of Nacho. That's just how it was perceived. It looked like an excuse to be married to a parent and ignore the kids. If that makes sense, like it, it mm-hmm. looked like the way some people were using the term, which I know is not what you represent. But it was like I nacho that I nacho the ex, I nacho the kids, I nacho the cooking. Like I, I do what I like. What I like is my husband. 
and I nacho the rest. And it was like used in cases that were directly talking about, I wouldn't say neglect because it probably wasn't that far, but it was directly talking about a child's needs. And they were like, no, I nacho that. So I began to associate it with sort of like ignoring the kids just because of the way that other people were using the term in mm. that initial like burst of nacho, nacho. Yeah. Well, I will say that, um, cause I do want to peel this back a good bit cause it, there's still a lot of misconceptions about it. And part of it is exactly what you brought up is the fact that people misunderstand it or they grasp onto what they think is what it is. And then they run with that. Mm-hmm. And even in our own private Facebook group, uh, Lori has to correct people on a daily basis about, no, that is not not showing. That is not what this is all about. So I can imagine outside the group is probably even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not being petty. It's not being spiteful. It's, it's actually, it was created out of love. It wasn't love for my stepkids, but it was love for my husband. Mm-hmm. And you know this from talking to us. It's not just the disengaging or stepping back part. There's so much more to it that is entailed. I had to do a lot of soul searching. I had to change my perspective. I had to think outside of the box and look at things from David's perspective. And there was a lot of self-growth there. And then, of course, the goal of nachoing, which people tend to forget or not say, is to re-engage with the stepkids just in a non-parental role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we got on a call this time several months ago, like you said, because I was like, okay, guys, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I want to understand. Help me understand. And we had the same conversation of like, here's what it's not. Here's what it is. And I left that conversation. My husband had gotten home. I don't know if you remember. He came home like five minutes before we were done on the call. And I got the phone. And I was like, can I just tell you about this? Can I tell you about everything? And I just unpacked it all. And I was like, I think this is so genius. And I know it's so helpful for so many step parents. And I, I mean, I was completely blown away by what you told me as opposed to being. So I, the other part of my story is that I'm a child of divorce. My parents divorced when I was two. I've had several different step parents throughout the years. And so when I would hear these stories of people saying like, I don't like my stepkids, so I don't make them dinner. And I just, if they're in the room, I leave the room or whatever it is. I just nacho the stepkids. And they would just list these things that they did. And that's what nacho meant to them. And mm-hmm. I, that hurt me as a child of divorce. And so then when I could get on a call with you and you could explain it to me from this passionate place of this truly is out of love. So once I understood that nacho came from a place of love, it changed everything for me. Yeah. So how did you handle that initially? I mean, if you can talk about it in your private group, like I think if, if it were me and I had the misconception uh, that people were giving to you, I would have been like, do y'all No, we're not talking about this in our group. That is not what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. So originally that's what we did. We were like, look, this isn't something that we agree with because of what we thought it was. And you know, if, if Nacho is right for you, here's where you can find them. We would drop the uh, web address and we would even tag Lori sometimes because she's in our group and just say, hey, Lori can clear this up, but like this isn't what we represent. We don't represent ignoring or neglecting or, or whatever it seemed to be at the time. Mm-hmm. And then as that transformed after we got off that call and I understood more of what it truly is instead of what other people think it is then it became more of, 
like we completely changed our statement in the group and it says something more like nacho is often misrepresented and for the truth about what it is here are some resources that can help you there's the nacho kids group there's the nachokids.com and we direct them to the source instead of letting other members feed on it and tell you what it is when that's not truly what it is right because a lot of people they automatically say nacho kids nacho problem right and david and i are like no it's not your kids not your responsibility yes but still some people could take that wrong and I think we've talked about my story where things were so bad with us that I had to step back for a full year because I had to heal from the hurt. David had to heal from the hurt. His kids had to heal from the hurt. And then I just started to slowly re-engage with them. But during that year that I was stepped back, that I was disengaged or I had stepped back, it wasn't like I was rude to them. I just did not engage. Because if they came in and I said, hey, and they didn't respond to me, it made me mad. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, Lori, don't set yourself up for that negative interaction or those negative feelings. If they came in and said, hey, Lori, I'd be like, hey, how are you? Or if they asked me something like, what's for supper? And that was a trigger for me because I hated cooking anyway. And you're going to come in, you know, I walk in from work. I haven't even put my stuff down. You're like, what's for supper? My response would be, go ask your dad. Yeah. You know, that was my go-to phrase. So I wasn't ever mean to them. I mean, because the way I look at it is regardless of how stressful the relationship is with the stepkids or in the blend, you have to at least give them the decency you would a stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like if they came to her, because she's good at math. And so, you know, if they were struggling in math and one came to her and said, hey, can you help me with this? I mean, there was never a time that she was like, oh, no, go ask your dad. No. Um, you know, she would help them. But if it was something like, what are we having for dinner? Then, yeah, go ask your dad. Or can I go play with the kid down the street? Well, go ask your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those are the things where it, that's not her responsibility to take on. Um, she was okay with helping them with homework, and they asked, and, and she did those things. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't ignoring ever. Uh, it was just stepping back from those things that were – um, causing stress as well as things that had the potential to have negative interactions. Yes, I, I had to get the target off my back because I was blamed for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And David, um, this might be a good point for you to talk about how, you know, when we came into this, it was kind of like some things with Kristen. We we didn't know. We didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be in that role. And you expected us to all have, you know, prayer time together or be one happy family. And so when the reality of we're not one happy family didn't work, we were like, okay, now what? Because everything Mm -hmm. that we had read and studied and researched did not tell us, Lori, it's okay for you to not parent them, or it's okay for you to not love them like your own because they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was very difficult because we did come into it, at least, you know, coming in from my perspective, I was like, I guess looking back on it, I, I think that what I was envisioning is I'm kind of plucking out, you know, one woman and, pl- and putting in another. Like, you know, the, <laughs> it really is like I expected her to kind of take the take on the role that the ex left. And and what she was doing is she was taking, o- taking over the role as being the wife, 
But what she was not supposed to do is take over the role as being the parent mm-hmm. and the mom in the situation. It, that just wasn't going to work for us. It wasn't going to work for anybody. Even the bio mom didn't want that. You know, uh, she made it very clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that lady is not your mom. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't have to do what she says. But um, and and so I think we came into it um, with wrong expectations. I had wrong expectations, um, and because of that it caused problems, you know, because everybody's trying to live up to expectations that were just not going to happen and not going to work for us. And so, you know, we see that a lot uh, within our groups and especially those that are in the Nacho Kids Academy and they come up and it's so funny. We, we smile every time they tell us their story and it sounds exactly like what we went through and it's not, we're not smiling because it's funny. We're just like, Dude, we we made all the same mistakes right. that mm-hmm. you're talking about. We screwed up everything that you could possibly screw up, which is which is how we learned how to do it right. <laughs> yeah. So our goal now is to teach people this before they get married, not when they're about to get divorced, because that's when most people come looking for nachoing when they're at their wits' end. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about expectations, I think it's important to share mine because I know I'm not alone in this. For me, I thought when I was going to become a stepmom, I was going to be the mom of my house. And I didn't know what that meant, I guess, because I can be mom of my house, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm still not a huge fan of that term, even after all this time, even though I'm secure in the role that I have here, because my stepdaughter's mom is her mom 24-7. And I can help her with her math homework. I can cook supper. I can take her to the library when she's here. But I'm not her mom. I'm her stepmom. And I think that's a key difference. I I actually posted something about this on Instagram, um, I don't know, a few days ago. And I got a lot of pushback of people who were like, well, I completely disagree. I think I am the mom of my house. And I think I am doing all those things. And it was really hard to like distinguish those two, I guess, for some people. And I think it like everything you're saying kind of makes sense to me within that context as the stepmom who thought I was going to come in, I was going to be the mom for half the time. And then she was going to be the mom the other half of the time. And then coming in and realizing that's not at all what this is. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's really important to remember is the kids need the bio parent to parent them as much as the bio parent needs to parent them. That's their relationship. David could tell the kids go brush their teeth and it was no big deal. I tell them to brush their teeth and you'd have thought I told them to go run to Texas and back just because (laughs) we didn't have that relationship. I didn't date his kids. I had to bond with them and we had to build that foundation to where we have a good relationship. So like now if one of them's home from the Air Force or something and they're getting ready to leave and I say, where are you going? They don't look at it the same way as they did before. They look at it as, oh, she cares. Whereas before it was, she's a nosy witch. Right. (laughs) Now, you talk about your Instagram post. Yes. And how people didn't agree with you. And I have learned that those people fall into a couple of categories. Either they're type B personalities to where things just go so wonderful in their house, or they just aren't there yet. They haven't had the conflict of the struggles of the blend. 
their husband lets them parent their kid. Maybe it's because he doesn't want to and he pushes it off on the bio, I mean the stepmom. Or it's they have the mentality of it's my house, it'll be my way. Yep. And I cannot stand to see in a Facebook post anywhere that says it's my house and I will decide blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Well, does your husband not live there with you? It's their house too. Yep. You can't just have that mentality of, well, I live here and it's going to be my rules or the highway because I tell you what, what's going to happen is somebody's going to hit the highway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you can have boundaries. I think you can have like your needs and your partner can meet those needs within your home. But to come in and say, it's my home, it's my way, it's just not setting anybody up for a successful marriage, for a happy step family. Like it's just, it's just not going to work the way you want it to. No. No, it rarely does. You know, it's funny too sometimes when we when we see those people talking about how, you know, it's I'm doing things this way and that's the way it's going to be and I don't care um care what they say whatever and then, you know, 6 months later you see the same person posting that they're getting divorced. And like, well, yeah, I mean, we tried to tell you it was just wasn't going to work out well and you argued that well, as I'm going to do it my way because that's the way I want to do it. Um, and so you oftentimes have to wonder to, to what end are you trying to, um, to fight this thing? I mean, are you really wanting to fight it so that you can end up being divorced or you do want to try to find a way to, to be in a good relationship with the person you married? And oftentimes I don't even know (laughs) if they really would care about the relationship. I think they care more about trying to win. Yeah. To, to be right and to, and to put their stake in the ground and and die on that heel, as some people say. It's like so much has been taken from you, whether it's your partner's first or it's that you're sharing custody or you're like, if it's resentment about having to take care of somebody else's child or it's resentment because the ex has some control over your life, they're just trying to gain back some of that control, but they're doing it in a really damaging way. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the Dr. Phil quote, if I may. Would you rather mm-hmm. be right or happy? And I think we choose right sometimes a little bit too often instead of trying to let some of that go so that you can be happy and your partner can be happy and the kids don't go through another divorce. Well, some people are only happy when they're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great. I'm kidding. I mean, it's a good point, though. Some people are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, you know, one of the hardest parts with me with the whole Nacho Kids method was for me to be able to own my contributions to the negativity and the blend because nobody wants to feel like it's them that's causing the issues. And we've talked about it before where I, I like having control, I have a type A personality, and I felt like I was giving up control. Mm. But in reality, I cannot explain to you how much stronger I feel. I just feel so much better about myself by me not letting things I can't control control my emotions. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. Yeah, it's the ultimate control. When you can sit there and things just go haywire around you and you keep your mouth shut and go, you know, my input's not really needed, then... That's really powerful. I remember the first time that I kept my mouth shut at work in a meeting. I'm like, oh, go, Lori. <laughs> Proud of you, girl. I think everybody remembers the first time you kept your mouth shut in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, are you okay? Do you feel okay? <laughs> because to me, I felt like 
whether it was at work or whether it was in my own family or the blended family, I felt like everybody wanted my opinion. No, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> yeah, I told you that for like three years. David. <laughs> We're so smart. They should be blessed by our knowledge. Yeah. I mean, we know what we're talking about. Let me help y'all out here. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Yeah. But I tell you, no matter how many books we read and things like that, nothing can compare you for this blend. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you agree with this or not, because you do have a different situation and you don't have children of your own yet. But... Once you let go of trying to have the blended family become a nuclear family, it's like life gets easier. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what what I was talking about earlier. I just didn't put it so eloquently is that we think that we have to fit this mold. This is like the Mm -hmm. nuclear family is what we know. So we try to fit that mold, but you're never going to fit a square peg in a round hole. Right. You can if you hit it hard enough. David. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's why David's not out working in the yard right now, Lori. Exactly. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That is exactly why. <laughs> no, but I mean, we laugh about it, but think about it. That's what people are really trying to do. Yeah. They're they're banging the thing to death, trying to get it to work. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not. And if you do finally get the square peg in a round hole, it's because you've damaged it very badly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good scenario. I knew it was. was good. Sorry, <laughs> I was making fun of you, but that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was really good See, because just, it's splintered at that point. It's broken. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's terrible. <laughs> Y'all feel free to use that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David, for your permission. <laughs> oh, so, funny. Kristen, what is one of the biggest things that you see in your Facebook group regarding people struggling to blend? Do you think it's the bio mom issues? The stepkid issues because nobody's parenting them like they think they should? Do you think it's outside influences like society expects the stepmom to, you know, that's your kid too. You need to take care of them. What do you think that you see is the biggest? The one I see the most is the ex. Um, She doesn't parent the way I think she should. She is, uh, feeding them all of these toxic thoughts about me. She wants my partner. There's just so many different issues that can kind of happen there. And it either will trigger in the insecurities. It'll anger the stepmom. It'll really inconvenience the home. There's so many different things there that that overarching the ex and the control that the ex can have over your house is the biggest one that I see. Yeah. Um, So I see all sorts of issues about the ex. I think that's really the number one issue. It could be that she doesn't parent the way that you think she should, um, whether it's like true neglect, which we see sometimes, or it's that she has a later bedtime or she doesn't prioritize nutrition or whatever it is that you prioritize in your home. Or there's the ex who is feeding the kids to- like toxic words and things and talking poorly about you. And then that's coming out in your home and the kids don't respect you or they just straight up relay all the things that their mom told them about you. Um, or it could even be that she's trying to get back with your partner. Like there's just so many different things there that come into play with the ex that that's the big theme I see a lot. Yeah, because you've got 
a huge outside influence presenting itself in your home. Yeah. I remember one day I was on the phone with one of David's kids. They were going somewhere. I think maybe went on vacation. And the grandmother was in the car. And one of the kids told me when we got a phone, he's like, I love you. I said, I love you too. And the next thing you know, he told me, he said, man, they like cussed me out for telling you that I loved you. Wow. Hmm. Like you're, I'm not allowed to love you. Did you know that? It's sad because the way I look at it is I want everybody that wants to, to love my kid. Yeah. But at the same time, if his mom thought I was overstepping, then there you go. That's hard because you want to keep the peace and you especially want to keep the peace for your stepkids, but it shouldn't be that difficult. If your stepkid wants to love you, your stepkid should be able to say that he loves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do wonder, Kristen, do you have that fear that, you know, my stepdaughter's 10 and I, I see some of these people talking about their 16 year old <laughs> and like, you know, is it going to change? And he's, she's going to hit 16 and like turn into a demon child and go crazy. Does that ever come across your mind? <laughs> Uh, yes, I, <laughs> I know that I have a lot of karma coming my way for how I was as a teenager and I am wholly unprepared for that. So I, I don't think she's going to turn into a demon, but <laughs> I, I mean, she's going to have a little sass. I can see a little bit of sass already and I, I call it her attitude booty and I know that it's coming <laughs> as she gets older and I'm not prepared for a teenager at all. I'm not even prepared for a preteen, but that's coming. And yeah. Well, just think of all the blog content. You have. <laughs> and you, believe me, you will have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you will always know what uh, stage of Kristen's life she's in. Just yeah. read her blogs. <laughs> yep. Well, you can even see it. You can see the early blog posts that I wrote that are more of me talking about insecurities and trying to find my way. And today I'm like, here's the lessons I learned. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that I think the public has that that wasn't around when we were struggling is like nowadays, if if you're somebody who you're a stepmom and you don't have any kids at all, there's there's people like you. And when they're and then when you've got a family that, okay, some of the kids have moved out and you've been through um, a longer marriage and all that, then there's there's people like us. And then people who like co-parenting, they're really wanting to co-parent. There's people that do that. I mean, there's so many really good niche uh, places out there to find step family help nowadays. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Kristen, um, if it's okay with you, I want to ask you about you being a childless stepmom. Okay. Um, You do want kids, right? I do. How do you think from your experience in your Facebook group that that will impact your blend. Have you learned from other people's mistakes with that to where you know when you have a baby how you want to do things differently to prevent the issues where the stepkid is mean to the bio kid or the stepkid doesn't want to come over because they feel like dad's got a new family? I think we have a unique advantage in that she's going to be 10 or older. So I don't think there's going to be quite as much of the jealousy. She also has a sister at her mom's house. So she's got oh, that's used right. to that. Yeah. Um, and she's been begging us for a sibling over here for years. I know it's going to be tough. And I, I very vividly remember 
my mom getting married to my stepdad when I was six. They got pregnant on the honeymoon, and so I had a little brother nine months later. Mm-hmm. And I was very jealous, very, very jealous. Everything was about the new baby. Um, my mom loves me, but she was not very good at giving me attention when she needed to give attention to the newborn. And I felt neglected and sad and all of these really big emotions for a seven-year-old. And yeah. um, it was very hard for me. So I've always been very conscious of that for my stepdaughter, even when her sister was born on her mom's side, trying to make sure that when she came to our house that we would give her attention because she she's extroverted. She loves to be around people and that's what she needs to feel loved. And so we were trying to make sure we were aware of giving that to her. Um, not that her mom didn't, just kind of overcompensating, I think, over here. Right. So I don't think we'll have as many issues, but I am prepared to do, to just kind of make sure that we're cognizant of it in the moment and that she's still getting one-on-one time with my husband. And Yes, that is imperative. Yeah, because I, I think that's the best thing that I can do is encourage them to take that time. But I also, I'm mostly, if I can be selfish, preparing for how it's going to change things for me because I know it's going to shift things for me with my stepdaughter because she's, yeah I, I won't say she's my whole world because obviously her dad is my whole world, but she's a big part of my life. And I, I just know inevitably it's going to shift. Not that I won't still love her, but it's going to be different with my baby. And yes, preparing for that. And like, that's a bigger part of what's on my mind with all of this than how it's going to affect them. If I can be really honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that makes sense because it, it is, um, it is a completely different kind of love because I, I love my stepkids now. And there was a time I didn't, and that's okay. And they didn't love me either, but it's okay for them to say they hated me, but I can't say I hated them, you know. Right. <laughs> but um, I do. I, I love them. I would do anything in the world for them, but it's not the same as it is with my son. And I know David's kids had an issue with that um, because if my son came to me and he was hurt and crying about something, yeah, I believed what he t- told me versus what they told me because he's my kid. And I remember Branson saying that things changed when Jackson told me something. I believed him over them. And it may not have been that either one was lying. It was just a perception thing. Mm-hmm. And because I thought that it was something I did that made things so bad as far as interaction with them. It had nothing to do with my son. But Branson's like, no, things changed when you believed him over us. Hmm. Yeah. You were no longer fair and impartial. Mm-hmm. You say. And it brings back memories from when my stepdad would do that with my brother. And I, like, I hadn't even registered that thought, but I can see it now that you've said it. I do remember that mm-hmm. happening. And he was seven years younger. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The two-year-old's going, she stole my binky. And you're like, no, I didn't. And they're like, we believe him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We actually um, have some, some uh, videos in the academy where we interview uh, one of my kids and, and kind of get his point of view of what was going on and, and how he failed and his brothers failed and going through all that. And it's, it's, it's very interesting to uh, hear their perspective. And, you know, it's, it's so funny because every time you talk to him now, he's like, how's that nacho kids thing going? <laughs> Cause he, I mean, he's like, dude, that, that was the best thing in the world. <laughs> so. I, re- I remember they all liked it on Facebook and their mom got mad and <laughs> made them unlike it. <laughs> 
But yeah. yeah, I mean, he he was actually the ringleader to get me booted out of the house too, which is so ironic. And um, but he's a big supporter of it. He did a podcast with us too. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the other stepkids or one of the other triplets, I was talking to him one day about some stuff going on. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, you need to listen to this um, YouTube video or whatever it is about not being stressed and not worrying about stuff. Because I was kind of stressed about things that were going on. And so, like, he's almost my number one supporter now. So sweet. Yeah. We have definitely flipped around, thankfully. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's yep. what we want other people to do. She went from flipping out to flipping around. <laughs> <laughs> so good with the words today. Yeah, girl, he's always good with the words. <laughs> that's how he sucked me in. <laughs> oh, it wasn't the words. It you. was the Harley. I, I admit it. It was the Harley. <laughs> okay, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah, we'll say that. So, Kristen, how can people find your group? You've got... The Facebook group, Stepmomming, is it just Stepmomming or Stepmomming Ain't Easy? Stepmomming Ain't Easy is the Facebook group. Otherwise, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest at Stepmomming and Pinterest at, or excuse me, Twitter at Stepmomming blog or Stepmomming.com is where you can find all the blog content and then links to everything else. Great. So do you have a specific um, person or, you know, as, as we call in our business, avatar, that you try to reach out to? She even has a name. Her name is Stephanie the Stepmom because it starts with S-T-E-P. And um, Stephanie is a, a childless stepmom and she's a newer stepmom. In the first couple of years of dating, potentially even marrying um, somebody who's a parent, and she's feeling insecure. She's feeling overwhelmed. She's feeling like nobody gets it. She's really sick of people saying, you're not a real mom. And People who are just saying, you knew what you signed up for, and she's seeking <gasps> support of any nature. Like, she will take anything she can get at this point. She just needs somebody who gets it. And I want to give mm-hmm. her community, I want to give her the tools and resources that she needs to go from just merely like surviving and living in this role to living and loving and being feeling prepared, feeling secure. And seeing forever instead of questioning forever. I like that. Good. Got that one figured out. (laughs) A lot of people that have joined the Academy and it was true for myself too, that the whole nacho thing, it wasn't just something that benefited my blend. It helped me tremendously in other areas of my life because it is about letting go of that control and not letting things affect you and negatively impact you. And my life is so much less stressful than it was pre-nacho. And I mean, I, that's even from a shopping experience. I, if I'm in line, I don't sit there and get aggravated like I used to. I'm just like, oh, well, let's see what I can look at. Or can I talk to somebody or, you know, something. And so we want to help stepmoms definitely survive the blend because we don't want anybody to become a statistic. And if we can come from the brinks of divorce to where we are now and the relationship I have with the stepkids and lowering the stress level in life in general, then, you know, it's nachos away of life to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a lifestyle. And um, I think people get that when they've, when they've been in the Academy for a while and doing it because you can't get the full of information and effects of it unless you're in the Academy. It's just not a way to do it within the Facebook group. But, uh, but Kristen, I definitely want to thank you for reaching out and trying to get a better understanding about 
you know, what the Not Your Kids method is and how how we uh, present it versus how it gets presented sometimes. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of people, it's amazing people that join the Facebook group and they'll say, well, what is this even all about? And we're like, you, did you not read anything we've put out? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got a, you know, we got a blog post and we got a podcast and there's even a whole thing you're supposed to read before you even join the group that talks about what it is. And it's still, still misinterpreted. Oh, but. Kristen knows they don't read that stuff, do they? <laughs> Never, ever. Uh, no. I'm so glad we could clear the air because I, I mean, I told you guys earlier, it completely transformed things for me when we could get on here and talk about it and talk about what Nacho really is and where it really comes from and how it's a whole methodology of love and not of, you know, neglect or abuse or any of the things that people have said. And I'm, I'm glad we could do this and we could share that side of it. Yeah, me too, because you see it all the time. And like David said, we see it in our group where people don't understand it. They just want to use it as an excuse to not cook for the stepkids. You know, they're not my kids. Whereas for me, I had to stop cooking for them or I was going to beat them with a pot or pan because <laughs> they complained about my food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's when David had to step in and start cooking. But you can't do that with a two-year-old. Right. I mean, it's common sense. And some people, they get off the chain. We know that. We've actually had one lady say that she was going to cut the heat off because she didn't care if they were cold because they were not her kids. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've, you've seen it. Your group might not be as crazy as mine, but you see some crazy stuff. I know you <laughs> <Yes>. do. <laughs> we call the Nacho Kids group the Island of Misfit Stepmoms. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty bad, though, it's good that when you get kicked out of that group. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's no group you need to be in at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just off the chain. Uh, but that's funny. But I, you know, I'm definitely glad that you're doing what you're doing, and that you know, when people when we see people that have questions around you know what you're doing as far as the you know the child stepmom and all that, it's great to be able to point them to your resources. So so thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yes, and it has been awesome speaking with you, and I'm sure at some point we'll have another podcast with you on there. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm glad that Kristen understands the Nacho Kids methodology a lot better. Yep, me too. And I'm glad that she was willing to talk to us about the struggles that she had Mm -hmm. and how far she's come in her blend. Yep. And it just validated, basically, that we all go into this blended stuff with unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we know they're unrealistic expectations. They are just how we think it's supposed to be. A lot of it may be that we're naive. I think David and I were a little naive. Mm-hmm. Well, we thought we could beat the statistics and the system. I guess you want to call that. You know, we knew there were issues. We knew that the, chances of you know a second divorce would you know I mean, we knew they were high but we were like ah oh, whatever dude we can whoop this this that's statistics for people that you know aren't as good as we are no no <laughs> i didn't think that i, I just, mean good as a couple well i thought it was more that we had prepared yeah and we had talked a lot and did research and blah 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 but still yeah yeah but no, I, I, thought, I just thought you and I were so good as a couple that we just wouldn't have those issues. Surprise. Yeah. And, you know, 
Interestingly enough, we did have some people comment last night about how great we are as a couple. And I'm thinking, if you had seen us a few years ago, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. A few years ago. David. What? It's been longer than that. It's been like okay, seven, well, yeah, eight Yeah, but, but if you were to say that, it'd be like the other day. Yeah. <laughs> the older I get, my other day could mean five minutes ago or five years ago. Five years ago. <laughs> Yeah. So Lori be like, the other day we had a terrible relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true. It's true. You know, we went from sitting on opposite sides of the room, not even engaging with each other and just being angry all the time to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of work. Yep. And he still does annoy me. I do. That's we're how we're I, not perfect. That's how I, that's my love language. No. <laughs> David's trying to create a sixth love language. It, it is. It's the it's secret. It's the button pushing love language. It's the secret sixth love language. Uh-huh. Gary Chapman, you out there? Do you listen? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when you come up with, uh, what, the second edition? <laughs> yeah. Add the button pushing love language That's in there. right. I love you, therefore I aggravate the immortal crap out of you. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. And so, here we are. Yes, here we are. We decided to... Share our journey and our trials and our mistakes, a bunch of them, <laughs> mm-hmm. so we could try to help y'all. Yep. And it's- you are not alone. I feel like I need to start every podcast with that. You are not alone. Yeah. We did a... I'm going to do a t-shirt that says that. Yeah, you said that yesterday, and I wrote it down. We actually did a speaking engagement with Intentional Parenting mm-hmm. Conference, and... It's held in Nigeria, and we were reading the comments, and they have the same struggles. Yeah. And a lot of places even look at divorced couples or blended families as a really bad thing. It's um, taboo. They don't want to talk about it. It's not accepted. I know we had a couple that in the academy that was from Hong Kong, and she was like, they look at you like you got five heads when they find out that you're part of a blended family. It's just not accepted. Yeah. But even in America, we have, for example, we have uh, people in the academy that say that they have no step families around them, which, mm-hmm. you know, t- when she says this, she's like, you would think as high as the step family rate is, and, you know, they're all over the place, you would have somebody that you know in your circle of friends is a step, you know, stepmom or step family. Mm-hmm. And for her, she's like, I have nobody. And come to think about it, when you and I was going through things, I couldn't think of anybody. And it's not that we didn't have friends that were in that situation, but it's almost like you you feel isolated. Yes. I mean, even though we knew people that were step families, like we didn't even look at them as being a source of information or anything. Yeah, because they portrayed that they had everything together. Right. But you would think that we'd look at that and go, okay, if they got everything together, then maybe they can help us. But no, I I didn't think anything about talking to anybody else that was in a step family. Maybe it was because I felt like I would I was telling people that I'm a failure and and I can't do this and I need help and that maybe that was the struggle I had. I don't know, but it's well, it's airing your dirty laundry. Yeah. And you don't nobody wants to go run around saying, you know, my blended family sucks and we're about to get divorced. Yeah. Especially when you're, you know, a few years away from your first failed relationship slash marriage. Right. You know, at that point you're like, hmm, yeah, nothing is going to work for me in this. So 
I'm done with relationships. So if you're out there and you're feeling like you're alone, you are not alone. Nope. Come join the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. Come join Nacho Kids. We will do everything we can to help you because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. All day, every day. All day, every day. All right. So that's our show for today, folks. And uh, guess what? You can join us next Friday when you hear Lori say, David, I think my kid is not showing me. Smart youngin'. David. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.